Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. All right, how's everybody doing today, huh? Hey, come on, welcome Orange Park, St. John's, all of our locations, everyone watching online right now. We're so glad that you're with us. And come on, how about one more time, give it up for all those who were baptized last weekend, huh? Wasn't that? Wow. Wow, what a beautiful weekend. And we're so glad that you're with us today. We're kicking off a brand new series called Marriage, Family, and Civilization. And man, have I been waiting to preach on this for a while, okay? And so I wanna get right in to today's message. What I'm gonna do today is just kinda set up the series. So if you have your Bibles, you can go to Genesis. We're gonna be looking at Genesis chapter one, two, and three. <clears throat> a few verses uh, out of each of those chapters. And uh, in fact, let's look here at Genesis chapter two. Genesis chapter two, verse 21. It says, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam and he slept. He took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made a woman and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, all right, this looks good. No, and Adam said, Adam said, it's on now. Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. So the Hebrew for man, ish, woman, isha, woman takes on the name of man. That's where we have in our, in, in our tradition, in traditional marriage, that the, the wife takes on the name of the husband. Verse 24, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and the man was really fired up. All right, Genesis chapter one. This is Genesis chapter one. So now let's kind of back up. Okay, now God's, God's given big picture blessing and purpose to Adam and Eve here. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. There you see the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our, our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. Make sure that there's plenty of duck hunting and goose hunting and that no one has any problems with that. And over all the cattle, because we like steak, and over the earth and over every creeping thing, it's okay for them to kill rug, bugs and roaches. Okay, next. So God created man in his own image. Look, in the image of God, he created him. Look, male and female, male and female, he created them. That's Adam and Eve. I just read to you about in the second chapter. Then God blessed them. Who? Adam and Eve, a married couple. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every, little, uh, every living thing that moves on the earth. And so here's a blessing of marriage. Look, I want you to be successful in your marriage. I want you to be successful in your life. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply. I want you to, 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 to expand your family in future generations and glorify God. I want to talk to you today. I want to kind of kick off this series and set it up. I want to remind everyone, listen, whether you're, you know, you've been married one time, or you've been married five times, whether you're divorced, whether you're single, okay, it's, it's, 
It's, it's not about what's happened in your past. It's about where you are now. Okay, and so just kind of, you're gonna find your place in this series. This series is for everyone, married, singles, divorced, everybody. And I think it's real, real important that we look at the big picture of God's design for marriage, family, and civilization. Now I've entitled this message, Fig Leaf Living. Fig Leaf Living. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. In this first kind of kickoff message to this series, God, help us to understand your design and the big picture purpose, Lord, of marriage, family, and civilization. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen and amen. Let me unpack. I want to go back to Genesis chapter 2 here, show you a few things, unpack this a little bit more. It says, okay, and the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and look, and he took out one of his ribs. Guys, notice this, he took out one of Adam's ribs. He didn't take out one of Adam's ankle bones or his knees, ribs equal, side by side. He took out one of Adam's ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, Ish, Isha, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, watch this. This is now bone of my bones. Okay, so this is speaking of the physical body. Adam's like, okay, this, this is a good match for me, physically speaking. There is attraction here, okay? And flesh of my flesh. That flesh here, it doesn't just speak to like the actual flesh on the bone, but it's talking about the, the nature of the person, the soul, the personality of the person, the compatibility of the person. Adam says, okay, this, this is a good physical match, God. This is a good soul match. It says, she shall be called woman. She's gonna take on my name. She's gonna be my wife, okay? She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Verse 24. Now look what God says. Therefore, look, a man shall leave his what? Father and mother, once again, now God is speaking to big picture purpose. This isn't just about, oh, you think she's good looking physically and oh, you got a, you know, a soulmate compatibility here. No, there's a bigger picture here. This is about legacy. This is about glorifying God in the earth, okay? You're gonna leave your father and your mother and be joined to your wife. This word join, cleave or, 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 or oneness. Be joined to his wife and look, and they shall become one flesh. Real important for us to see here. This is the definitions of marriage. Now let, let me tell you what it takes to make a great marriage. First of all, it takes three to make a great marriage. A lot of people say, yeah. <clears throat> A lot of people say, oh, it takes two to make a great marriage. No, it takes three. It takes a man, it takes a woman, and it takes God in that marriage. So, so go, go back to verse 23 here. Let, let me show you this. Watch. There, there's three components of, of marriage. Look, there's physical, bone of bone. There's, that's the body. There's the soul. That's flesh of flesh. And then there's the spirit. Now, why? Or, or, or where, where's the spirit in all this? Remember this, this is before sin had entered the earth. 
Both Adam and Eve were totally connected to God. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were one with God in their spirit. So the way that God designed and created marriage to function was this. Watch, watch. One man, one woman, and God. One man, one woman, and God. So I'm I'm saying that, look, society or the world, they're gonna say whatever they want about marriage or unions or whatever. I'm telling you, when you talk about what is marriage in God's eyes, it is one man, it is one woman, okay? And this is why this is so important that it takes three to make a great marriage. Listen, is because your spouse was never designed to meet all your needs. We have so many misconceptions about marriage and about what our culture, listen, listen, listen. this is why this marriage works. You wanna know why? Because they had God, so God was meeting their deepest need of identity, of love, of acceptance. Your spouse was not created to meet all your needs. That's why when God, what God looked down at Adam and he said, what, this guy, this guy needs a helper. This guy needs help. This guy, I, I'm a, I'm so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a woman that what? That she can be a helpmeet. They can be side by side. They can help one another. But that woman was never designed to meet all of Adam's needs, nor was Adam designed to meet all of her needs. That's why when God is not in the marriage, watch this, people just can't find that satisfaction, that wholeness, that blessing, but I want to tell you this about marriage in general. Look, it takes three to make a great marriage, but when you have God in your marriage, you have a 100% chance of success. And I want to say this. Our culture is, is, is pumping so much toxic thinking into this generation about marriage because they, the, the world doesn't know what marriage is and what it's even designed for. See, God designed it man and woman with him in the middle. They could be joined together. They could become one, that they could have intimacy, that you could have someone to grow with, that you could be known and known by someone else. See, see the world has replied to uh, replace intimacy with, with just sexuality. Sex, uh, sex can never replace intimacy. There's a big, big difference in that. And what the world is doing is the world is pumping all these thoughts. You know what our culture, our culture loves being in love. We love weddings, we hate marriage. I think I'll preach on that for a little bit. That's why we have the bachelor. And we have the bachelorette. And we have the bachelor, bachelorette, at. We, our culture, it, it, we, we don't ever see what happens five years down the road. You know why? Because they're divorced. And it didn't work. Why? Because they had a faulty idea. I mean, in fact, I even, there's an article came out and it came out in Time Magazine that says uh, uh, monogamy. Is monogamy becoming irrelevant? 
That's where our culture is. Why? Because outside voices and influences have come in and they've, it's so, they've so tried to redefine what marriage was intended for in the first place that people have no idea what it is. Can I just tell you this? This is a fact. You can, I mean, this is, this is a fact where monogamy thrives, so does society. When society declines, you can find a direct correlation to monogamy declining. And we have a culture that we have young people, man, they're just waiting to get married, waiting to get married, and you know, I'm gonna sleep around and you know, and all that kind of stuff. I don't wanna be tied down. Let me tell you something, you better get tied down or you're gonna get tied up by the wrong thing. I'd rather be tied down than tied up by a bunch of sin and regret. Mm, I didn't even get an organ beat on tie. We've got a, a culture that's pumping all of these things. Did, did you know that there's a, there's a, there's a uh, in fact, studies came out, there's, there's private grants now available for all these institutions that will just promote monogamy because they figured out, these, these are secular, this is secular study. They figured out that in society, wherever monogamy, wherever like a, a man and a woman will actually get married and have a family, that society begins to thrive. Now watch this, listen, listen. This is, a, this is a, a, a study that they did, this is fact. There is a less, there, you have a less than 2% chance of poverty, of ever experiencing poverty if you do four things in your life. It's the DESK acronym, are you ready for this? Doesn't matter where you come from, what your color is, what your background is, watch this. I'm gonna give you four things. If you can do these four things, you have a less than 2% chance of ever experiencing poverty in your life. Are you ready for this? Desk, first one. D, get a diploma. Doesn't even have to be a college one. Although I encourage that, especially a celebration college diploma. D, diploma, think of desk. D, diploma, E, employment, get a job. S, spouse, get married. K, kids, have kids, have a family, but here's the trick, you gotta do them in that order. We have a society, what, it's anything goes. It's get out there and experiment. Oh, what, you're attracted to this? Well, then jump on that. Oh, you attracted to that? Well, then jump on that. Oh, and it's all right because there's, look, you're getting pregnant. Well, there's an abortion or whatever, and a, or a man's not gonna stick, and we're gonna get that whole thing all messed up and out of whack, and that's why society is all messed up and out of whack because we've left God's original intent and plan for marriage. Well, Stovall, I've already kind of got those all out of whack. That's okay, you're in the right place. It's all right. It's all about where you are right now and you deciding that you're gonna go God's way when it comes to marriage, family, 
and civilization for that matter. So watch this. Let me, let me take you to this. So, so, so now we're gonna go into chapter three. Let me tell you what's happened, okay? Marriage was awesome, right? Adam's all fired up. Eve's great. Come on, happy wife, happy life. They're in the, my wife is over there amening. They're in the garden and everything's good. But all of a sudden, here comes temptation. And the enemy comes. And he says, hey, you know, there's this tree in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you know, God says, don't, don't eat of that tree or it's gonna mess you up. But I'm telling you, that's the very tree that you need to taste. You're missing out by not tasting this tree. And here comes original temptation with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Let's pick it up here in Genesis chapter three, verse six. It says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise. Look, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Stay, stay right here. First of all, I just want to remind everyone that sin never delivers on its promise. That sin will always take you further than you want to go and keep you there longer than you want to be. And right here, so, so look, Eve eats, but look, Adam's right there with her. A lot of times we think that kind of like, Eve, and, and yes, Eve did eat, but, but where's, where's Adam's leadership? Like Adam, Eve's like, hey, let's eat this fruit. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. What, what's he doing? He's like on, on, the, on the remote, on, on, the couch, on the couch watching a football game. His wife's in peril. So now look what happens. Look, look. So they sin, okay? So here comes sin. Now what happens when they sin? Remember, they were one with God. They were connected to God. They had the Holy Spirit. Then the, then the eyes of both of them were opened. Now watch. This isn't talking about their physical eyesight. That Before this, they weren't like walking around the garden like that. Eve could see the tree. No, this is talking about the eyes of their sinful nature. In other words, all of a sudden, the sinful nature was awakened and from this point forward, man will never look at anything again the same way. See, sin brought sight as we know it. How we view people, how we view the world, how we view ourselves, how we view sex, how we view women, how we view men. Sin brought sight as we know it. Their sinful nature was awakened, and once that happened, now they were open to being influenced and even directed by the enemy. So it says, so, 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 so then they knew that they were naked, and I'm gonna get into this because, I mean, they, they were already familiar with each other's bodies, and it says now, now they had this, this type of knowledge that they were naked, look at this, and they sewed fig leaves together and made for themselves coverings. Right here because of sin, guess what? They entered into fig leaf living. 
Why? Because God was their covering to this point. God, they, they're, 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 they had a covering over their marriage. They, they, had, a, they had a blessed marriage. But now, because now the, the sin had entered, now they, there was vulnerability, there was shame, there was insecurity, there was distrust. And so now, instead of going back to God, now they felt like they had to get something to protect themselves from the world around them. Look at verse Eight here. It says, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Verse nine, it says, then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Where are you? Can I say this? To every single person that's running from God, that's hiding from God, the ministry of the Holy Spirit right now on the earth, he's pursuing every single human being saying, where are you? Because I'm right here. Where are you? Because I love you. Where are you? I still want a relationship with you. He said, where are you? Verse 10. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Verse 10. And he, the Lord, said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you that you should not eat? Just leave it. Okay. Then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me. Now, I can't argue with him here. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just I'm just kidding, honey. Look, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Go back to verse 11. Look, so watch this. Adam hides from God and God says this, who told you that you were naked? In other words, Adam had now opened his sinful nature up to the voice of the enemy in such a way that that voice began to define his identity, that that voice began to define his marriage. See, a lot of times we look back on this and we say, okay, this was the enemy's attack. This is original sin here. This is the enemy's attack on man's relationship with God. It was also an attack on marriage. God says, Adam, wait, wait, who told you that you were naked? In other words, Adam, an outside voice is now speaking to you. Adam, there's another voice that's trying to define who you are. There's another voice that's trying to define who I am to you. There's another voice that's trying to define uh, who you are and make you feel in shame. And in fact, Adam, there's now, there, there's, there's outside voices. They're telling you to make fig leaves. There, there's, there's outside voices ever since this time, watch. Ever since this scripture right here, the enemy has been sending outside voices to try to redefine marriage, to try to redefine men, to try to redefine women, to try to, an outside voice to, to try to come in and, and silence God. 
He says, he said, who, who told you that you were negative? So watch this. Here's Adam's response. Adam says, hey, God, the woman, that woman you gave me, he's not just accusing Eve, he's accusing God. He said, you know that woman that you gave me? She's messed this thing up. Wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold, hold on, hold, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. What happened to bone of my bone? What happened to flesh of my flesh? What happened to this? This woman is the greatest thing since sliced bread. What, 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 what? Okay, 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 okay. How did it go from Man, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. I'm giving her my name. This is woman. We're husband and wife. Man, this is awesome. This is great, God. And now I've got a, a, a companion for life. We're going to have a family, Lord. We're going to be blessed. We're going to be fruitful. We're going to multiply. Well, this is going to be great. How did it go from that to this woman? She's messed up everything. Why? The outside voice started to define to Adam who Eve was, started to speak to Adam, your wife is not all that you thought that she was. Who told you? Let me ask this, who told you? Who told you that your husband is a jerk? Who, who told you that you don't ever think that you can actually stay married to the same person for the rest of your life. You're single, who told you that you don't think that there's any way that you can actually stay sexually pure until you get married, who told you? Who told you that, 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 that marriage is, is just a, a, a tie down? Who told you that divorce was your only option? Who told you that you can't overcome those things in your life that have been holding you down? Who told you? An enemy told you this. An outside voice is getting into your mind to try to redefine who you are, who your spouse is, or what women are to you or what men are to you because the sinful nature has been opened up now and you've had a bad past. You've, men have used you or men have abused you and now you have the, 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 the mind that you know all men are just like that. Who told you that? God didn't tell you that. Who told you that? Who told you? And then watch this. So then he goes to Eve. He says, Eve, what have you done? Okay, which by the way, those three things are God's call of pursuit to every human being on this earth that's hiding from him. First of all, where are you? Secondly, who told you, who told you that 
you couldn't be forgiven? Who told you that God didn't exist? Who told you that you couldn't be set free? Who told you that you couldn't be redeemed? Who told you that God couldn't turn your life around? Who told you? Who? who where are you? Who told you? And then what do you, what, what do you tell, tell Eve? What have you done? I just need you to come clean. God's telling people, what have you done? Just come clean. Just confess. Lord, I've been living apart from you now. That's what repentance is. It's the same thing that God's calling to people today. So he says, Eve, what have you done? And Eve's like, well, the, the serpent, the, 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 the serpent God, the serpent did this. I mean, God, look, come on. Look at my life. You put me here in this garden. I'm living with this man. He didn't stop anything. Look at his lazy butt. He's not leading this family. Lord, and what did you expect me to do? You put this tree right in front of me, and it was going to make me pretty. Adam didn't tell me I was pretty last week. Adam didn't tell me he loved me. So I'm just going to cheat. I'm going to investigate over here because I'm not getting what I need from my husband when you don't realize that those deepest needs can only come from God and you've got to find a way to get God in your marriage. And he did this and he allowed this to happen and look at this tree, I'm gonna get all pretty again and, 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 and I'm gonna be what? Eve, who told you that? Who told you that? Church, here's what I'm trying to say. We all have a choice about our lives and about our marriages and about our families. We can either do what Adam and Eve did and go into hiding and take some fig leaves and listen to the voice of the enemy, the voice of the culture about marriage and sex and men and women and what brings happiness and all that. We can either do the fig leaf living and go into hiding because we'll never know who we really are and we'll never discover the true blessing of marriage and we'll never discover the, the true blessing of God's purpose for family. We can go into hiding or we can choose God and we can start abiding in Christ. There's two choices and people are doing one of these two things with their lives and with their marriages. They're either hiding or they're abiding. They're either hiding or they're abiding. I hope that I'm talking to a church that's gonna choose abiding in God and listening to his voice and silencing the voice of the enemy. Who told you that? Who told you that just because you're attracted to the same sex, that you've gotta go all in with that and embrace that lifestyle? Who told you that? Who told you that you're a, you're a young man and you know, I can't, I mean, I, I gotta kinda try out the merchandise before I buy it, you know, so I gotta sleep around a little bit. And, who how's that working out for you? Because part of your soul is stripped away with every one of those encounters. 
Who told you that? Man, I just came, I gotta got wait on all this marriage and family stuff. I've never seen so many Y'all, we have so many sharp, attractive girls in this church. Where are you guys? Where are you? What are you waiting on? I'm gonna preach this up in sub 30. I'm so tired. What are you waiting? Well, I just don't know about her. You know, her hair color's a little bit, I don't know. She doesn't really like to surf, you know, I'm a surfer. <laughs> and then we were out to eat the other night, and you know, I, she, she was eating her, uh, eating her peas with a fork, man, just turn off, man. <laughs> you idiot, you idiot! <laughs> I'll tell you why we do it, you know why we do it? Because we, have listened to the wrong voice that told us that monogamy and marriage, it's kinda like, you know, that's where you get off the bus. You kinda end up, you know, that's like after you've tried everything and, you know, had fun and all that kinda stuff, you just kinda, and, and so we, we've listened to that voice instead of understanding, no, that monogamy is God's plan. It's his plan for marriage and fulfillment and, and blessing and that he has a purpose for your life and a purpose for your wife that is so far beyond just romance and sexuality. We have all these, th I mean, we see in our culture, I mean, guys, they, they marry somebody and then she gets older and then they just trade her in for a newer model. Why? Because somebody told you. You don't understand what marriage is about. Why would I trade in my beautiful wife Listen, listen, this is the only model that I ever need right here. Why, why are you gonna? Listen, everybody's gonna get old. I don't care how many times you go to Dr. Snip and Tuck. It's... You, you're getting old. You know what I'm saying? You'd be 100 years old, be walking around here with eyes like this. I, I, I. Bring, that, bring, that, bring that fig tree up here, T. Let me show you what I'm talking about. I need a, I need a couple, a married couple. That's another thing. And another thing while I'm on it. Who told you you have to live together before you get married? Who, who told you that? Did the, did the TV tell you that? Did Bachelorette tell you that? Who told you that? Listen, we, we're in a church that we reach a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life. We got lots of people in our church. They're, they're, they're coming. They're, they're living together. We have people in our church that 
that have same-sex attraction. We, 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 we reach people from all walks of life. But here's what I'm trying to say. Regardless of all those things, we need to be sincere and honest with ourselves about what's brokenness and what's wholeness. Okay? And the fig leaf life represents a life of brokenness and staying in that brokenness. I need a married couple. Who's bold enough as a married couple to, to volunteer? Oh, right here. Here we go. Okay. Now, this is all by surprise. Y'all looked like a plant, but y'all were just ready to go here. Okay, what's your name? I'm John. 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 I like that. It's almost kind of like Adam. And your name? Sandy. Sandy? Okay, so watch. How long have y'all been married? 27 years. 27 years. What did you say, John? 27. I know her for 30 years. Yeah, but I like the sound effect. What was the sound effect? It was, whoo. There you go. So watch this, watch. They, John and Sandy, right? Y'all come here, come here. Give me a hand, y'all, 27 years. Okay, watch. They have a choice in their life and in their marriage, either one of hiding or one of abiding in Jesus. And the fig leaves represent that hiding. There's many people, you're married today, you know what? But you still have those fig leaves on. You're still really kind of hiding from one another. Self-preservation, protecting yourself, not sure. Because you really haven't allowed God into your marriage. And that's what we're going to do in this series. We're going to show you how to really allow God into your marriage and have a spirit-filled marriage. But it, here's what happens. But if, if you go the fig tree route, if you go fig leaf living, now watch. Okay, so you get on this side. No, 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 right here. Right here, Sandy, face that way. John, right here. People that choose fig leaf living, Hiding, having thoughts about him from that outside voice, thoughts about her from that outside voice, self-preservation. We, we put up the fig leaf, try to hug each other. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 John, you're messing Oh my God, it's, get, it's getting PG-13 up in here. Wait, look at what, calm down, John. Wait, wait, wait. John, my sermon illustration. We was about to get a romance movie up in here. All right. But show like when you have the fig tree, what, you, you hug one another, it's... Watch this. Can I tell you this? You know what the sad thing is for some of your couple, some of you couples? This is what your marriage looks like. And when you hug one another, yeah, it's a hug. But just like that, you know what? It's really very shallow. 
because you don't have God in the marriage. And you know what? You really, you really can't see, Sandy, you really can't see the awesome man of God that God's created John to be. And John, you really can't see and understand the awesome woman of God that God's called Sandy to be because you've chosen, instead of abiding, you've chosen hiding with the fig tree and listening to the voice of the outside enemy defining who you are, who she is, who God is, and what marriage is all about. But here's what happens. Y'all stay right there. This is at the end of this story here in Genesis chapter 3. You know what God does in verse 21? He says, Adam and Eve, you know what? These figs won't do. These figs aren't going to work anymore. You can never have true intimacy and truly experience. Hold on, hold on. I know y'all love, I know. (laughs) So, (laughs) it's getting hot and heavy in here. Here's what God says. You know what the Bible says? God made them tunics of animals. You know what God did? He brought in a blood sacrifice. You know what animal I think he used right there in the Garden of Eden? I think God brought in a lamb and he sacrificed that lamb. Blood was shed. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And what God was saying is that, look, foreshadowing, there's coming a day when the blood of Jesus is going to undo all this mess up stuff that has been done. Come on. And God can come back and abide in your marriage through the blood of Jesus. Now y'all can hug each other. Come on. Give each other a hug. Come on, I'm telling you, the blood of Jesus is greater than any outside voice. The blood of Jesus is greater than any type of sexuality. It's greater than any problem that you have in your marriage. The blood of Jesus comes into your life and into your marriage, and you can be everything that God's called you to be. If you'd say, just be honest right now, if you'd say, Stovall, I've been listening a little bit too much to that outside voice, that that voice of the enemy, that voice that goes against God's design for marriage and sex. I've been listening to that voice too much and just from this day forward, watch this, I'm gonna help you. From this day forward, I'm gonna pray a prayer and it's gonna be, Lord, silence the voice of the enemy in my mind about my spouse, about marriage, about anything else, and let me hear your voice loud and clear. If you'll just say yes to that, will you raise a hand right now? Wherever you are, hands are going up all over the place. God, I just pray that you silence the voice of the enemy in our minds, Lord. God, those lies that the enemy puts in there about our spouse, about ourselves, about marriage, about sex, about who we are, about who you are. Lord God, Lord, we thank you that because of the blood of Jesus, we don't have to go into hiding, but we can come back to you and go into abiding in Christ and in your blessing, in Jesus' name. Now you can put those hands down. Now let me ask this question. If you say, Stovall, I'm here today. 
and I'm far from God. I wanna let you know that God's calling you out. He's saying, where are you? Who told you that I didn't love you? Who told you that I wouldn't forgive you again? Who told you? That's not coming from God, but what he does need you to do is he needs you to come clean. He needs you to take that step of faith and receive him into your life or back into your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're far from God, maybe you've never really surrendered to Jesus or one time you did, but you're far from God today, you know that you need to come back to God, come out of hiding. You gotta leave that fig leaf life behind. Come back to Jesus. If that's you, I need you to raise a hand right now wherever you are. Yes, 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 raise it high. Yes, 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 yes. Here, you can, you can put those hands down, put them down. Here's what we're gonna do. And here's how we're gonna close this service. If you raised your hand, if you need a fresh start with God, if you need to come back to Jesus, if that's you, when I count to three, I want you to come down to this altar for a closing prayer. And here's why. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. But if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my Father in heaven. What Jesus was saying was, if you're sincere on the inside, you won't mind showing that on the outside. And that's why we have people come forward. So if that's you, if you raised your hand, maybe you brought somebody to church and, and help them if you feel like they need to come down here and give their life to Christ or rededicate their life to Jesus. Remember, eternity is in the balance. God loves you, he wants to forgive you, but you've gotta come out of hiding and come back to him. So on the count of three, if that's you, if you raised your hand or even if you didn't and you know you needed to, I want you to come down to this altar right now at all of our locations. Ready, one, two, three. Come on, come right down. Come on, here they come, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, give my hand to everybody, help them. Help them out of their seat. Help them out of their seat. Help them out of their seat. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on, Orange Park. Come on, St. John's. Come on. Y'all come over here. Yep. Come on, y'all keep clapping. They're still coming. They're still coming. OP, you and St. John's just hang with me. This is awesome, beautiful. So I'm gonna do, I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. I'm gonna lead us in a prayer right now. Just want you to mean it with your heart, you know. Here's the awesome thing. God knows, just like Adam, he knows where you are. He knows what's going on in your life. He loves you anyway. He just wants you to come out of hiding. Come to Jesus. Let Jesus come into your life. And give you a fresh start. I remember when I prayed a prayer just like this. I was a, just doing a bunch of drugs and, and uh, I was in college, I was a bouncer at a bar, just doing a bunch of drugs, and 
I gave my life to Jesus. And I remember when I first prayed a prayer like this. And I'm going to lead you in that same type of prayer that that person led me in so many years ago. And I want to let you know that God will always be faithful to you. Okay, he will always be faithful to you, but don't stay in hiding any longer. No matter what you've done, you can always bring it to God. Amen, everybody. Amen. So I'm going to pray. And just repeat this. Repeat this with your heart. Or just repeat this out of your mouth. Church, y'all help along uh, people that are praying this prayer. Let's all help them. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Jesus, I thank you for forgiveness and everlasting life. From this day forward, I come out of hiding and I follow you. And Jesus, I thank you that you love me and I'm your child. Jesus, you are my Lord and you are my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, y'all give God a big hand clap. Now listen, this is important. At all of our locations, this is important. I need for all of y'all to come back next week, okay? Remember I was talking about that outside voice? I found when you come out of hiding and you say, man, I'm gonna live for God, I'm gonna live for Jesus, guess what? That voice is gonna come at you this week. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? It's gonna come at you this week and it's gonna try to pull you back away from God. But you say no, no, you just say, no man, I'm going with Jesus, I'm following God no matter what happens in your life this week. You make sure and be back in church next week. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.